This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role-playing game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. UtilityMuffinLabs.com is the source for podcasts like 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, the NerdWords Podcast, and the Playing Hooky Podcast, to name a few. We offer gaming, music, and pop culture content, as well as graphic and audio design, voice talent, and more. Go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com to commission us for your audio needs, digital artwork, and advertising opportunities. UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. Welcome to the latest episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I'm your co-host Josh Heath, and I'm joined by Carrie, the legend. Hi. I just interrupted you. I'm sorry. It's all right. We're gonna roll with it. Um, today we are talking about a tribe book. But before we do that, um, we should talk really briefly about terminology and the overall viewpoint that we have here on Werewolf the Podcast. So we normally try and avoid the two terms used for the tribes uh, that are Native American werewolf tribes. Um, We do that out of respect for the cultures that those terms originate from. However, the term I use for this tribe in most podcasts, Bane Tenders, is a name for one of the camps of this tribe. And it would get confusing as heck and weird really quick if we were to use that term in this episode. So... We are going to use the term Uktena, and that is the tribe book we are reviewing today, tribe book Uktena. But first I want to say that the Uktena name is an Aniva, Wea, or Cherokee name, and I may have butchered that Cherokee, I apologize. But the horned serpent is a being that's found uh, in traditional beliefs throughout North America. Uh, They are known as Pitaskong by the Abenaki, Mishikinepikikwa by the Shawnee, Um, And the name of many Manitou or spirits are considered sacred by many nations. So we invoke the name to educate and I apologize in advance to both the people and the spirit if I'm causing offense or if we cause offense by doing this at all. Um, I personally live on Lenape land here in Maryland, uh, and it's likely that they had a being like this in their traditions as well. We ask listeners to forgive any mistakes we're making here, but our goal is to be respectful of the traditions of the native peoples while also reviewing this book and its place in werewolf lore. So, all of that being said, now I'm going to show for the podcast real quick. Woohoo! As we said in the last episode, we have a Patreon. You can find us on Patreon as Werewolf the Podcast. Patronage of at least $1, only $1, gets you access to our patron-only Discord server. Higher levels include extra podcasts and access to our game. A World of Rage, which is a persistent Discord game of Werewolf the Apocalypse 20th Anniversary Edition. (gasps) Big breath. Please consider becoming a patron so we can keep making these wonderful shows for you. Carrie, how are you today? I'm okay. I'm trying to not laugh because my basset hound just came in. So through your whole shill was was the click clacking of my dog. I hear that Dixie the memory hound uh, is a very... Trixie, Trixie, yeah. Ah. She, she actually can smell out podcasts hmm. when they're being recorded, and we what? we have to edit her out of almost every on a roll podcast we do. I'm not surprised. Okay. She probably like gets a uh, like a spirit that comes by and is like, "Hey, they're doing Weaver stuff over there." I need you. <laughs> You're <laughs> the fourth uh, co-host on I that show. Absolutely, she's our mascot. <laughs> Awesome. So, 
Um, yeah, no, I'm doing good, making lots of art, and I just had a show this weekend, uh, Cleveland Geekster, and lots of things, so I've been busy, busy. It's awesome. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I got a job, which Excellent. is great. Um, for folks that don't know, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, I was going through a period of weird employment. Yes, now I have a job, which is amazing. Woohoo! Yes. All right. So let's talk about this tribe book. We have All lots right. of well, thoughts. Okay, yeah, let's definitely do that. By the numbers, this book was published in 1997 and then published again in 1998 as part of the collection of tribe books, which is how I have a copy of it. Um, mm-hmm. It was written by Jackie Casada and Nikki Rea. The developer was Ethan Skemp. The art director was Eileen Miles. And art by Andrew Bates, Patrick Kochakji. I apologize if I butchered your name, Patrick. Um, Shay Anton Pensa, Lawrence Snelly, and Ray Snyder. And then the comic book art was by Steve Prescott. So... This tribe book. Let's um, let's do overall <laughs> thoughts first. What were your overall thoughts of the book, Carrie? I think it tried. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think this is one of those books that is going to be unfortunate to look at it through today's lens. Like yeah. I think when it came out, it was fine for the most part. Yeah. Um, but you know, looking at it with with. Uh, through what we we know today to be appropriate if i was going to be running a game and had someone who wanted to play someone from this tribe i would have to really sit down with them to make sure that they weren't um being terrible yeah (laughs) i think that's an excellent way of putting it um i'm going to give a brief overview of the tribe before I forget to do that, before we forget to cover it. Oh, but yeah, yeah. The, um, the Uktena are one of three tribes that were part of the quote-unquote pure lands. The uh, Americas, including both North and South America. And one of those tribes, so they were separated as in three groups. Older brother, elder brother middle brother and younger brother some of the terminology used and that is a reference to some native american traditions so i get what they're going for when they do that um but this tribe are the elder brother they are the more spiritual of the three tribes and the um their croatan are the middle brother that ended up sacrificing themselves but this tribe are effectively a reflection of the spiritual traditions of Native Americans is how I would explain their place in werewolf cosmology, yeah. werewolf lore. Definitely. And they, this is the, this is one of the, this is probably the first thing that kind of bothers me though, is that supposedly the pure lands are pure of worm taint, but there, of course, lots of Native American cultures throughout the Americas that had lots of technology and corruption and the things that occur when humans get around one another. Right. And supposedly this tribe uh, bound lots of different banes around the Americas. Um, one, this 
single werewolf tribe. I will try not to rant, but I already want to rant really bad. But this <laughs> single tribe supposedly covers like werewolves from and tr- cultures from all like the tippy top of North America all the way down into like the Amazon and maybe farther south. And they just kind of steamroll anyone from Africa into it. Yeah. 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 Like, it actually really bothered me, too, because it just felt like they were like this felt like Hufflepuff. Yeah. Like they were like, and everyone else goes to this tribe. Yeah. There is some, I'm going to defend, I'm not defending this so much as at least one of the things that I appreciate about that element is Mm -hmm. that there were a lot of African Americans uh, pre end of slavery and post that uh, were involved in Native American communities, and there are some Native American communities that did accept people of African descent into their tribes. Yes. And there's some... In, uh, it's nice to see that connection because of that, but also it it feels like, oh, we'll just tie in all indigenous people into this one werewolf tribe, and we'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. And even They even tie in aboriginal cultures from australia and that's just uh, that continent is a problem in werewolf cosmology but it's ridiculous why okay this is a great start you're right (laughs) (sighs) hey let's just talk about the book okay let's talk about the book all right all right what were your thoughts about the comic do you have any thoughts about it I actually want to start with the cover. Go for it. Because I actually have just the tribe book. I don't have it in the compilation. Awesome. And I'd just like to point out that I love the concept of the cutout glyph and every single one of mine are tore. Right. Like, it, it was a wouldn't it be cool if, and they didn't think it all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, or or that none of them play with normal gamers who beat the heck out of their books. Yeah. Um, so that made me very sad. Like, when I started looking at it, I'm like, oh, this was such a great concept. And it never worked. Ever. <laughs> you want to know what I thought it was at first, the little cutouts? What? I thought they were designed to be stencils, so you could make your own tribe symbols. Oh, and I don't think that's what their thought process was. No, what? <laughs> but I was like, oh, this is so cool. I remember, like, the first time I saw it, going, oh, cool, now I can, like, stencil out all of the different tribe symbols. That's super neat. <laughs> no, not <Yeah>. so much. <laughs> and anyone that's used stencils knows how quickly those break, too. So. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and I would like to say that I do actually dig the color choice for the text on the on the front cover, they um they managed to kind of capture the water based mm. part of the tribe with the colors and because it's it's that like kind of um it's got like a watery blue and then the bottom part of the word has a brown so it feels very earthy and connected to both like the sky and the earth mm. and and I, I you know like. I, I noticed stuff like that, and I actually thought that was a nice, you know, nod to what the tribe is supposed to be about. Cool. That is a cool, like, art criticism element that I would not have gotten, so that's super awesome. <laughs> I have a degree in art. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so, 
I, I think I mentioned this uh, a minute ago, but um, the tribal totem is that water serpent. Is yeah. can you tell us a little bit about the totem from the tribe's perspective? Um, Any well, thoughts on that? The the totem is a is a three uh, three creature based totem. Um, and I always forget, so I had to write it down because I always get two of them, and I go, "Oh, what's the other one?" Um, and it's a water snake, a cougar, and a deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 spirit is all about secrets. Um, but at one point in the book, they talk about um, how it used to be a worm totem. And would go tell the worm a bunch of secrets, but then when the worm became corrupted, it decided it was going to steal those secrets back. Mm. And and I thought that was a really kind of neat, um, almost uh, redemption, in a way, story, like little mini story for the totem mm-hmm. itself. Because uh, like a lot of the other tribes feel that just because the uh, the the snake aspect of the uh of the totem makes it wormy and it does a little bit um you know so like i i thought it was very neat that like the tribe itself acknowledges all of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like yeah which i actually think is one of the interesting elements of the tribe like this tribe is very self-aware yes they are very aware of how their um, re- reputation is perceived by other Garu. They're self-aware that they're doing things that are really dangerous a lot of the time. They have a lot of checks and balances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, there's lots of things in there that in some ways redeem the presentation of this tribe for me because because I think there's some depth there, like there's a lot of like depth to the sense that, oh, yes, there are like, quote unquote, pure things, but there are also these elements of um, of potential corruption. And mm-hmm. um, when you get into some traditions of magic and spiritual um, working, there are elements of cleanliness and of um, of challenges that you have to go through to become a um a person that does uh, any sort of um medicine work or anything like that yeah. I, i'm tr- trying to use careful wording here because there's lots of words that are often used that are incorrect so yeah. i'm trying to be very careful with that but there's something there that's almost really good yeah it's like it's like if you read this book and you take if you take the the um the appropriation off the top of it and you take the rest of the meat, it's really good, I think. Yeah. It, I actually think the writing in here throughout a lot of the book is really well done. But. Yeah. Like, that's the my, like, big takeaway. Like, good, but caveat, like, yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I got us off on this rant. We were supposed to be talking about the comic at the beginning. Yeah. It's in black and white again. We are no longer in color for that. Yeah, the fr- the first page is in color and it's gorgeous. Ah, so like, I only have it in black and white, so that's good to know. Yeah, well, they because the the cutout they wanted the color to show through the cutout. So the first page is gorgeous. It's it's a it's a bane tender, and um, 
you know, and he's he's yelling and trying to, you know, clearly is still doing his dance and song to keep this bane that's starting to bubble up from the green, wormy goo that they always are in. And I don't understand, but, you know, okay. Um, and then And then you turn the page and it's like black and white. And you're like, no. Right. Um, but on the flip side, all of the black and white is done in pencil. And it's got this wonderful warmth to it that um and it's it's just it's very pretty uh the artist is i had it written down thank you and and he's wonderful he's wonderful he knows how to do sequential art you can follow what's going on like there there's at no point do i go where'd jenny go what's happening to this character um it's wonderful my only really critique of the besides it not being in color which isn't his fault you know it's what they did um is that apparently in this uh in this universe the only way to kill things are through eye gouges like every 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 uh worm creature is eye gouged out and it's a little weird but um i mean you know it's 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 very visible it's very like you know you can tell they wanted him to show something so that's what he did um but overall i really enjoyed this this comic it felt it felt like it encompassed the heart of this book yeah a lot yeah so i agree here's my critique of this oh comic. here we go why is everyone in oddly stereotypical clothing like there's one guy with a cowboy hat and a leather jacket that looks like he came right out of a like the old tobacco stand Mm -hmm. um actually there those are two separate figures really but like they're both there and from an era standpoint it seems like this is probably now based on the leather jacket, but several of these folks look like they crawled right out of the Wild West. Yeah, it's kind of, you don't know where it, you know, it could be 1950s, it could be, Mm. yeah. Right. And then there's lots of really annoying stereotypical language used by the characters. So, like, really cool comic, (laughs) great idea, but again... Like, there's just some stuff there that I'm like, why do you have to use the word, the words bad medicine in the way that they did? Like, it just feels super kitschy. hmm Yeah. But otherwise, a good comic. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's better than the Bastet one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> True. And I get a good feeling for what the tribe's about and what the problems the tribe are facing from it. So... Yeah. From a storytelling perspective, it works. There's just, again, 97 lens versus 2019 lens. Yeah. There's some things that if I were the developer, I would have been like, hey, let's pull this back. Let's do this differently. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get a Native American writer involved. Yeah. At least. Um, and kind of go from there. Anyway, um, this book, like all the books, starts with their history. Which, of course, is, uh, it's told from a, in, it's told in character, but it's told 
in a lot of ways, I feel from a very Eurocentric perspective, even though it's supposedly from like the tribe themselves. Yeah. And there are several figures. So this is one of the things that I, I always get a little lost when they do this, when there are several characters telling you different parts. And sometimes it's really good. And then in this case, I got lost a lot when they switched. Yeah, they, they definitely hand off who's talking a lot in this book. Mm-hmm. And they do it in character, but they do it so often you're like, I, I don't know. Um, I would like to... Um, there's a point on the very first page of the introduction that I can't tell if it's a typo or not, but there's a, a moment where they refer to um, they refer to the Gru nations plural, and I and I can't help but feel oh. like feel like was that a typo or is that like some underlying like you know the pure the pure lands have their own guru nation versus the, the worm bringers nation, or is it a type of, or is, is it a nod to the different native American nations or what, you know? And so like, I, I, for like five minutes, like I'm scouring the couple paragraphs before and after going, is this a typo or is this, or is this got a hidden meeting? And I'm pretty sure it's just a typo. Which is a shame because I love the idea of it being a nod to the idea of Native American nations. Like, we use the term tribes a lot, but nations is a much more accurate yeah. word. And that would be super cool, but I think you're probably right. It was probably just a typo, and that's <laughs> sad. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I, this is, in other than the way it was written, I like this chapter a lot. Um Sorry, I'm looking for one reference to see if it's here, because I think, and I'm really happy about it if they did, I think they avoid talking about the Bering Strait. Um, The Bering Strait theory um, is that supposedly people came from Northeast Asia into the Americas 13,000 plus years ago and populated the Americas. However, most Native American people that I've interacted with hate this theory, hate it. They think it's ridiculous and they think it's kind of insulting because they're like, why is it that we always have to be from somewhere else? Because then that is you telling us, you being white people telling them, you don't have any uh, ownership over your land or any sort of right to your land. They mention it, uh, I think twice. Mm -hmm. They talk about a migration and that and another point, I, I don't remember exactly where, but they mentioned that because they talk about it in waves. Like first we we, right. we came here, you know, we migrated here, and then they talk about how the legend is, and not everyone believes this, that um the great spirit came out of the ocean and actually made a bridge mm-hmm. for them to walk over. Um mm-hmm. in, in a scale bridge, like a he walk over the body of, I want to say they called it the scale bridge or I don't remember what they called it now. Oh, fine. And I guess like it fits with the tribal lore, but Mm -hmm. I always like, for me that I always get kicked out of it when I'm, when I read that, because I'm like, I know people get so angry about this, like as an idea, but I think they do a decent job of connecting the tribal, like werewolf lore into native lore. But in a very uh, like 
universalist sort of way. Like there's no difference between the Diné and the Abenaki and like, right. That's Southwest versus Northeast, Northeast, as much as you can go. They're very different. Incredibly different. And even though like this um, corn serpent is a common theme throughout like North America, at least it's, and to some degree, Central America, but that doesn't mean they're all the same cultural group. Right. I'm off on a tangent. I have no idea what we're talking about right now. (laughs) (laughs) Or should be talking about. We should be talking. I believe we're at, um, we're, we're in chapter one. Okay. The beginning times. (laughs) So we're right at the beginning of this book. We're already 25 minutes in. Um, Sorry, everybody. This may be a (laughs) two-parter. Maybe. I, I don't think, I don't think we need two parts to this. Anyway. Um, What are your thoughts about chapter one, Carrie? Do you have anything else that you want to add that's here? Um, Yeah, I did think that um, in true White Wolf fashion, they actually even call themselves out where one of the characters basically says, you know, that story was wonderful about whoever told it before, but know that lots of stories lie. Mm -hmm. So basically, in every White Wolf book ever, they give you the story and then they have someone else walk in and go, maybe and it's just like oh just tell me what happened so i can work it into my plot Um, or at least let me like give me it straight and then i can adjust it and right yeah yeah. i can lie storytellers can lie the stories in the book shouldn't lie um so that's always been a frustration but that will always be a frustration of mine in any white wolf book Mm -hmm. um my other question is, and I couldn't figure this out, if they had gone, um, once the War of Rage, right before it starts, how did they know? Right. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't being, like, super picky. Like, they, at one point in the book, they say, you know, we, we got into the War of Rage late, late, and then we ended it before everyone else did. But how did you, like, were Flair, did, like, before all the tribes parted, <laughs> were they like, you know, hey, if I send up a Flair, go kill all the other Beite? You know, like, how did they know to even start it? Yeah. Like, so here's a theory. Here's a totally off-the-wall theory based on not books that happened before this, but books that happened after it. Okay. And I, I kind of hate it when people do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Spoiler. So <laughs> my theory is because of their connection to a serpent being, they were friendly with the Naga. And the Naga are the were-serpents. The were-serpents were the ones that accidentally started the War of Rage. Yeah. And they told the this tribe, hey, this is going to go down. <laughs> and then this tribe was like, oh, we're going to get involved like a little bit because we have to protect ourselves. And then they ran off. Like... I don't know. That's my, like, I'm going to apologize for this theory. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. It doesn't I just, hold much like, water. I was reading it, suddenly clicked, and I was like, this makes no sense. At all. Yeah. Uh, this book, like many, are they have that internal consistency issue. And mm-hmm. that's one of those points where it's like, that doesn't quite sync up. Yeah. Good ideas, but how does it connect chronologically? Yeah. 
Um, I'm comfortable going to chapter two with you. Here we go. Let's go to society. Yeah, because this is this is all. There are a lot of camps for this tribe. Yes, there are. Which part of me appreciates that because if you're covering a humongous amount of territory, it makes sense there are a lot of camps. Right. Before we get into the camps, though, did you have any thoughts on, like, the page, two pages before the camps? I do. Um, I would like to, I want to say something positive. Go for it. Okay, you look surprised. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to say they've got a very small lexicon, a very small terms sidebar that I was like, oh, thank goodness. The words they're using aren't, like, so hard to pronounce. They're just like, you know, hey, a ragabash is a trickster. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, I don't have to keep coming back to this page to figure out what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and so I was actually really thankful for that. Yes. A lot of these books, you're just like, whoo, I need to take side notes. <laughs> I like that they did this. I also would have enjoyed if they had said, and these are some terms that people from this, like, nation use for these terms sure. like that would have been okay and then we're going to gloss all of these in english and i would have been fine with that i agree mm-hmm. with you fair that's fair um and i would also like to say that their moots sound way more fun than anyone else's moots <laughs> yes but why do you think so in particular um okay well i am a huge fan of food Mm-hmm. I like to eat. I don't like the starving artist uh, stereotype that I get. I'm fat and happy. I like food. And I, o- I always think that food is super important for a social event. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, um, you know, I, I live near uh, Red Clay State Park, which is where um, the um, Trail of Tears was signed to oh, start. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. And um, every year they have several powwows there that they have open to the public and they encourage you come in, learn about us. Um, you know, they even have dances where you can dance with them, mm-hmm. you know, dance for you. Know, like I always dance for my grandfather there, you know, like you're able to do those things. And food is so important in those powwows. Like, like, you know, not only, you know, and the music is so important and, um, you know, just the being with each other. Like I walk into those powers and I feel like, oh, I have an extended family of 500 people. Mm-hmm. And um, when I read how they conduct their moots, even when it was like, here's the serious parts. Like I could imagine them all eating fry bread as they're talking <laughs> about how do we fight the worm. Right. Um, and by the way, fry bread is like the most perfect. Oh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> so I just, you know, like if I had a chance to go to any tribe's moot, it would be this one. I get that. So uh, I want to reiterate what you said about the food and like community building elements of that. Yeah. Food is so super important in the peace building community. I come from uh, academic peace building background and food is like a subsection of the peace building world in mm-hmm. that like, Eating is so integral to all human traditions because it's like it's the thing we do. And sharing food is so super important. So I'm with you on that. All right. Cool. Now we can talk about camps. Camps. There (laughs) are eight 
13 of these? No, I don't think there are that many. No, there not. Are, there are four main camps, and then there are secret societies, which are basically just camps. Which I will say was very funny. Even in the book, they go, I don't know why we call them secret societies. We're, you know, our whole tribe is based on secrets. We're all secret societies. <laughs> right. Like, which <laughs> someone was really self-aware. Again, like there, there are parts of this book and parts of this tribe that they're super self-aware of all yeah. of the things around them. And I appreciate that a lot. Right. So the, the first camp in this are the Earth Guides, who are, I don't know exactly how I would describe this, but they are the, we're going to go out and make friends with all of the indigenous people in the world <laughs> camp. <clears throat> and, the word they use is missionaries. Aha. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and I just kept thinking, you mean boring. Like, and I hate to say that, but like, there was nothing about this camp that I could see any PC going, I want to play this. Right. N nor, like, particularly in 2019, would I call a native, like, group of people trying to make friends with other native groups of people a missionary? Yeah, that, that yeah, but, but in, you know, yes. 30 years ago, maybe not so offensive, but now, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I can't imagine a person playing this camp and going, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm an Earth Guide. Hey, like, everybody. Uh, maybe if they were like, I want to be involved in the ecological, like, alliance sort of thing that's happening in our real world, but I want to be a werewolf in it. Like, maybe. Yeah. Other, no, there's other, there's even other camps listed that would be better for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and the next camp is the, uh, if you ask me, this is the core of the tribe. Yeah, Absolutely. The Bane Tenders are the the reason this tribe exists is because of the Bane Tenders. Because the Bane Tenders were the ones that set aside like the knowledge to trap all of these Banes and to create a, a quote-unquote pure world within the Americas. They're all about the secrets and protecting like everyone from the worm creatures that they're locked down in. So I'm just like, why not just make them the tribe? Like, that yeah. would be okay. But the reason they don't, I think, is sort of ridiculous in that, oh, we're losing knowledge about these um, these rights, and that's why all these worm creatures are getting out. I don't know. What are your thoughts about the Well, my creatures? thought is if they wanted to do that, then just make this tribe very small mm. and in danger. Right. You know, uh, you know kind of like what they did with the Red Talons. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it would make them more unique. It would make them more valuable. And, um, but, but I do agree with you that Bane Tenders really, you know, no one, no one's going to play this tribe and not at least consider playing a Bane Tender. Although when you read Bane Tenders, I don't really understand how they can be PCs. Right. Because it's you literally sit around on top of a Bane going, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's the best idea for a PC to want to do until you get to the fact that it's boring as fuck to, yep. there's the F-bomb for the episode, to actually do the thing that they do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're great NPCs. Agreed. But I also, like, I just want to play them and have them go out and, like, be like, hey, 
people. Ship's going down. Let's right. put a stop to this. But, but they don't. They're not supposed right. to tell anyone shit's going down. Yeah, which I get. Like, I understand mystery traditions. I uh, am associated with some mystery traditions. And you're like, I don't want to tell you all of my secrets. Mm-hmm. But still, when it's the world is going to end, that's when you take off the secrets and you say, hey, everyone, we need to do this or we're all dead. Yeah. The next camp are the Skywalkers camp. <laughs> okay, so what you guys can't see is he actually went <gasps> and made a face before he said the next camp. <laughs> um, the Skywalkers camp, I think this is the most uh, PC-friendly of the camps, in my yeah. opinion. So, I have a question, because you are more knowledgeable in this type of thing than I am. Is the reason they chose the Skywalkers, is that a term... In some Native American uh, tribes, or did they just choose it so I would be annoyed every time I saw it and went, you couldn't have found any other word besides a Jedi name? I believe that the word for both Luke Skywalker and this, like, group come from Native traditions. All right. I, I believe that to be true. I do not quote me on that because I am not in the head of the writers at the time when they wrote this. Um, But I just just think that they could have chosen something else. Yeah. And it, you know, because unfortunately, you know, uh, Star Wars versus a white wolf camp, people are going to think of Star Wars. Yeah. You're right. You know, so. And. I would look at this and go, why not? I, maybe it's overplaying the dancing element, but why not Sky Dancers? It would have been okay. Yeah, they've got another one that they call Dancers in here, too, mm-hmm. though. Sure. And, uh, uh, again, you don't want to, like, lean too... Well, yeah, we'll talk about them in a moment, the other dancers. <laughs> you don't want to lean too heavily into the dance element of Native tradition. I get that. So that might be a reason to avoid it. But the Skywalkers, anyway, they <laughs> are uh, umbral travelers. And I... I'm cool with that because that is a great story hook for players. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's good stuff. Yeah. So Skywalkers are there. They're good. The next one are the scouts and other than it being a ridiculous stereotype of native tradition. I'm fine with the scouts. I think yeah. they make sense. Um, you. I think maybe if they had just changed the name, yep. they would have been fine. Yep. Uh, again, though, like, I would choose maybe like Ranger, but that has connotations both in the real world and in D&D. So maybe you don't do that. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, sneakers. I don't know. Whatever. Anything. Yeah. 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 This would have been a good time to use a, like, use an in-culture word. Because then you can kind of deconstruct some of what it might mean. Yeah. So maybe. Um, The last official camp. Uh, are you familiar with the ghost dance and all of what that... Just is? enough to know that I wouldn't touch it with a 10 pole. Yeah. So the last camp are the ghost dancers. Now, I'm, I'm, I've got to rant. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I can't hold this in. In the late 1800s, there was a movement called the ghost, ghost dance movement, which was an apocalyptic movement. People, uh, Plains Native Nations were 
decimated. They went from like fairly substantial populations to barely any after multiple wars. And the people, the, particularly the Sioux, uh, got together uh, under like several, um, I want to say, leaders, but th that's probably like a nice term, like cult leaders would not be too far off, who were militant and magically focused against trying to get white people to leave the Americas, which I can understand. The ghost dance movement, though, like it, people would dance until they died. Yeah. It was horrific. It was like a late stage genocidal reaction to genocide. And to gamify that in any sort of way, I think is horrible. And I think, I, I think this camp, like continuing the ghost dance tradition, like I just can't get behind that. There's my rant. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Don't be sorry. Okay. Um, secret I found something more offensive in this book. Do we want to cover that right no, now real we'll, quick? Get there. When we get there, we will. All right. Um, so there are these secret societies as well. The Raiders, the Wild Children, the Society of the Bitter Frost, which I like. I like the Society of the Bitter Frost. I think that's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. um, but... And then there are Path Dancers. I think that's all of them. Path Dancers is the last one. Um, I like these secret societies, but again, just make them camps or like include those elements in the tribe as a whole. Yeah, I didn't quite understand Wild Children because it just sounded like they were individual guru that lost themselves to the wild. Like it didn't feel like a camp. Yeah. Like why is going off into the wilderness a big thing? Well... Or why why do you have to join a camp to go do that? Like or you know like right. <clears throat> I don't know like you know like do you go off into the woods, hang out for a couple of years, and then one of the wilders show up and hand you a a wilder card or something like <laughs> is it a lunch card? Like I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's an idea, but again, it doesn't like you're right. Why make a camp out of it? Yeah. The end of this chapter are the spirits and the totems of the tribe. I'm going to back you up, sir. Okay, back me up. I'm, I just have one thing that I found in um, the kinfolk section that I wanted to ask you about. Sure. Um, they're talking about the delirium with the Native American people. Mm -hmm. And it, it says um, on page 31, it says... The delirium is not as strong for Native American people. Are the, is there any mechanics for that? Uh, not written that I've ever seen. Okay. But I would imagine they would get a negative two on the, or they have plus two on the delirium scale. Right. It's how I would assume they would. I just found it fascinating that they would say that and not just have like a little like side note, you know, like, hey, you're reading this book so you know how to run things. Here's the rule. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, but again, like I have some struggles with the idea, like, okay, if you have this thing where all of humanity are terrified of werewolves because of this, you know, genetic memory BS. Yeah. And these people don't have it for what is fairly a ridiculous reason. Like, I, I don't know. I always get iffy when that sort of thing comes up in the game. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts on that or the litany before we 
move no, into I've the read the litany before. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And for most of the tribes, like, it's okay. It's interesting to have a little bit of flavor about how they view the litany. But it's also, like, I've read this 20 times at this point. Yeah. Kind yeah, unless there's some huge deviation, there's, yeah, it's right. it's the litany. Right. I think the totems here are interesting, but I don't know why they don't give me the rules for the totems right here and now. Yeah, I, no- I noticed that, that the they were split up into two, because I was like, I've already read this. Right. So. It, it, that was just a confusing layout sort of thing, but Roadrunner, Frog, Elephant, and, you know, the totem spirit itself. Yeah. Elephant? Where do they get elephant from? There are no elephants in the Americas. Well, they're Is talking it... about how they've pulled in the African <sighs> the African members and that elephant yeah. joined them. Okay. It's the Indigenous Alliance. I got that. Yep. Um, mm, we'll leave it there. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> chapter three, though, gets into that whole idea. Like, this idea of we're making friends and influencing people all around the world. So the the chapter three uh, illustration that starts off the book, I think, is the best art in the whole book. It's the uh, it's the it's by Bates, I believe, is who did yes, it. Yes, um, it is. Yep. And um, it's clearly um, a tribe member sitting on a counter with what I'm assuming is a mage. Or a Tremere with a clave in his chest. Mm-hmm. And he's turned into a skeleton. And this this werewolf is already reading the text that he's <laughs> stolen from him. And right. I went, that's this tribe yeah. in a nutshell right there. Like, you know, I befriended this Tremere so he'd let me in. And then I murdered him so I can get his stuff. <laughs> Which is actually, I'm pretty sure they mentioned them doing that. They do through this book several times, like, they make alliances with the Tremere. And I was like, what? Yeah, like, no. Where? How? Like, uh, uh, I cannot imagine a Tremere ever allowing any known werewolf into their, like, um, lab slash whatever ritual place. Well, I mean, to be fair, they might not know it's a werewolf. Um, okay, fair. I mean, you know, if it's a, if it's a ragabash, there's ways around that. Theurges have ways of masking themselves. Yeah, all right. All right, Carrie. I'll... I'll... You're Look, right. I'm trying to find the good stuff here. <laughs> Don't take it away from me. Fair. Fair. All right. So they could potentially, like, hide their way in. Um, yeah. I don't have major thoughts about how they view the other tribes until we get to the changing breeds, but even there, I don't really have any major thoughts on, but... What are your overall thoughts about this chapter? Um, I think the most important... You know how I, I last in the, the step book, I found the most important line? Yes. I found the most important line in this book, too. Okay. And in this book, on page 39, they say, We understand that Russia has become off-limits for, tra- for casual travel. <laughs> and I just thought that if you know anything about the White Wolf universe, that is so true and so funny. Mm-hmm. And it's so casual because they don't say why. They're not like, you know, Baba Yaga or, you know, like explain any of the, the terrible things that are happening in Russia when this book was written in the world of darkness. Um, and I also thought, well, that's kind of true for today, too. <laughs> like. It's it's one of those it's one of the things in the book that held up. 
<laughs> yes. So, it's that interesting cycle of human history and yeah, things like this. Um, I think my favorite piece of, uh, of uh, art in this book is on page 43. 43. Which, oh, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that this and is a mage. What's that? That's Bates as well. It is Bates, yeah. And I believe it's a mage fighting uh, a Garu. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think she's a member of the Celestial Chorus by her necklace. And it looks like it. Yeah, it's the the symbol that looks like the um, Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, there's some cool little layers to this. Like, is she, if she's a missionary from the Chorus amongst Native people... And mm-hmm. she's being attacked by this, like, Octena. Like, there's some cool stuff going on in this picture. And I just, I thought it was really interesting to deconstruct all of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. On that page, I've got two things. Well, on, the, on that spread out, the two pages there. Okay. I do have two things that I want to point out. <clears throat> Under the wraith section, they talk about binding wraiths. Because spirits are spirits. But that's the only time they talk about doing that. And I'm like, that's what I want to read more about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, don't, don't, like, give me that little hint of something and then give me nothing else in this book. It's also really problematic from Native traditions, which are super ancestor focused. And Yeah, like, I just kept thinking, well, that's not healthy. Right. And maybe like that could be okay if they deconstructed it a little bit. Like there are some people in Native American traditions that do things like necromancy, which is really socially unacceptable. And Mm -hmm. dig into that if you're going to dig into that idea. But yeah, don't don't plant that seed and walk away because that's going to have someone who doesn't know grow that into something that could be really offensive. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing on page 43, underneath Fomori, they talk about how some members of the tribe are experimenting on Fomori. And oh. I just went, and I went, oh, why is there not an entire book on that? Right. And that's the only thing they say. That would be a, like a super cool adventure book or like chronicle book. Like how cool would that be? No, that's all they say. Well, like, I like it when White Wolf writers, and as a person that's written for associated companies, like, mm-hmm. I, we are told to include story hooks and things like that that kind of dangle for players and storytellers to grab onto, but sometimes you need a little bit more than just the hook. You need to, yeah. like, put meat on the hook and swing it around. Yeah. But the no, weird I'm reference, but... Experiment, like, I'm just imagining... It, like, it, the experiments are binding other um, spirits onto the Fomori to make them do what they want them to do. Mm. They do say, like, sending them in as spies to Pentex and stuff. Cool. I know, right? So Mechanically, we, how do we do that? We need to get together and write that story, because that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. all right, I'll stop talking about that stuff. <laughs> Mm, you, I dislike it when people are like, hey, let's write a thing that's a really good idea. <laughs> Only because I have too many things on my plate. But All right, I'll hit you up in a year when you get rid of some of those things. <laughs> Great. Um, that brings us to Appendix 1. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, Rant 3 to start now. I don't have a rant for this. I just, 
Um, I, I went through this going, oh, there's the Octena Tremere connection sidebar. There are some merits and flaws that are fine, but also I would never take them as a player. Why do you need human tribal status as a merit? Like, What's that going to give you outside of the tribe? Yeah. Right. Um, I would just have that be followers or something like that or uh, allies. Sorry, allies as the background. Like, it's just weird to have that be a merit. Okay. But then we get... Okay, sorry. Uh, I lied. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back go. you up. i let you go a little bit. Now I'm going back. Yeah. Um, I do have a little bit of the verbiage they use for the tribal weakness. Mm-hmm. They talk about social or even genetic nature of the tribe. And that's just really frustrating, first of all, to imply that a... The weakness is genetic. Yeah. Like, really, um, especially with them bringing in all of these other uh, uh, indigenous groups, like, to imply that everyone that is indigenous has the same weakness mm-hmm. seemed kind of not right. Yeah. But that could also just be from the 2019, I almost said 17, 2019 uh, viewpoint now. I, uh, yeah, it's a problem. I'll agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> at least they didn't go with the weakness they could have gone with. Um, wait till we talk about the ice heart uh, yeah. problems. But yeah, there's some issues with that. I agree. Yeah. You said there's there were some... two things. Uh, well, um, hold on. I'm trying to find it. Sure. Um, there's a couple things in the... Did we get to? Did we get to gifts yet? No, but if you have okay, thoughts about the gifts, mm-hmm. okay. So there's a couple of the gifts that I had a a few like small like wait does mechanical issues. Mm-hmm. Um, like they don't explain if you have to know the target to be able to do the uh like um curse of corruption is you're able to take corruption from a bane and put it on someone else for a little bit. Well, do you, you know like. Can I can I curse Trump? I think <laughs> right. that would be what happened. But um, but you know what I mean, like you know, like if they don't explain things to um, to, to at least to to my satisfaction to be able to know. All right, so the thing that I found that was so horrible in this book was page fifty. This is I actually had to message a friend last night as I was going over the book. And I went, is this as offensive as I am reading it to be? And he okay. was like, oh, no, yes, that's terrible. So so on page 50, there is a gift called Scouts. It's a Scouts gift, which is the um, camp. That's the camp, yeah. Um, and um, it's called Fast Track. And it is supposed to mean, it kind of makes you like a, a mild silence rider. You're able to go through the Umbra at three times the speed and three, you know, all those things. But what they say is um, she can effectively make a forced march that covers three times the distance. She, yeah, yeah, that's forced. They actually say forced march. I was so angry when I read that. Like, how did that get by 
everyone that made this book. Even when this book was printed, that was offensive. Yeah. What the crap, White Wolf? What the crap? <sighs> yeah. Uh, I'm warm now. Like, yeah. I'm actually like, goo. <laughs> Fair. Um, well, yeah. Uh, so, again, like, an editing pass with some sensitivity. This is, like, where sensitivity editors, uh, like, the movement to, do, to use sensitivity editors is so good because it helps writers now catch things like that that are just, like, I, I can understand what the writer was thinking when they wrote it, particularly because that, like, was a term used in D&D at the time. Right. But don't. Yeah, no. And, and just change the wording and you're fine. The idea is sound. That wording is bad. Don't do it. Yeah, the gift itself is fine. Right. But the description was, it, it just, oh, ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um, my rant, which is going to be diminished now because of that. Sorry. Would, no, that's okay. Um, why does everyone need to have access to hedge magic? Why the best? <laughs> I get it. I get it, Satiros and folks. You wrote about hedge magic, so you want everybody to have it. But they don't need well, it. Okay. Here, here's my defense of that. And okay. it's little d. Um, the world of darkness is a cookie-cutter universe. Sure. There, ha- there are crossovers to every genre to every other genre. Okay. You know... Think about the, um, they've actually made secret societies that have one of everything. You know, like, I don't remember what the the Nosferatu slew, uh, the ones that uh, Rakin. Oh, yeah, the Alliance of the Warrens or something like that. Yeah, where, you know, all the creepy crawling ones of every universe, you know, of every uh, book come together and they all sit around and they drink rotten tea together or something. Um, you know, and, and so like it doesn't bother me that they're also like one of everything can be a hedge mage. You know, it just is what it is. You know, like as a storyteller, it's annoying mm-hmm. because now all of my players want to have hedge magic if they're playing this. Right. Because they're told continually, you can also get hedge magic if you want. Yeah. You know, and, you know, but it's super rare, but you can do it. You know, like, of course they want to do it then. Um, and I think that, again, though. Falling back what I had said last episode, I am also mainly a storyteller for a LARP, mm-hmm. and that mentality is very different than a tabletop game. For sure. a tabletop game, if one of your players wants to be a hedge mage, then, you know, you've got a wacky one player. But in my LARP of 30 people, it makes the LARP seem unstable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, there's... Very there's, fair. Okay. <laughs> I think that's that's a solid reasoning for like you know finding ways to ensure genre comes out in play. Yes. Yeah, genre is a much more worrisome thing in a LARP than okay. it is tabletop. In a tabletop, your characters can go kill Cain or the king of the Guru or you know they can go do these insane crazy things and you're not hurting the genre. Because it's contained. In a LARP, it's too big. You, yeah. you can't have Kane show up. You know, you can't have King Albrecht show up unless it's super rare and important. For sure. Yeah. 
Um, so I think we should wrap up our review. <laughs> you sure? I still have notes. <laughs> uh, I do as well. Um, I there are some pre uh, there are always in these books pre generated characters. Um, yes. The first one, uh, I understand what they were going for. It, he, is, he is called the professional chief, and they were going for undermining some uh, of the like tropes of Native American um, peoples by doing this, but I also don't think like they could have done it in a different way and it would have been better. In situations like this, you always have to punch up. Yeah. Instead of punch down. And this feels more like they were trying to punch up and they fumbled it. And so they just kind of slapped themselves. Yeah. And, you know, nobody won with that character. Right. Yeah. There's also uh, the apprentice Bane Singer. And, uh, did they change their camp name at some point to <laughs> Bane Singers? Um I would have been um, fine I, with that. But. I actually think the only reason they called him the, that character a Bane Singer is because it's a Galliard. Ah, okay. I mean, I agree with you. That's confusing. It should say tender, but. Yeah. All right. I can get behind that, though. That would make sense. What are your thoughts of these last couple of sections, though? Um, I dig the artwork for each of the characters. It's super dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that. Um. I think the lupus kind of looks a little goofy, but for the most part, I like the um, the the aggressive poses everyone's taking. Like it, it, none of these these characters in this section feel like they would be like, "Oh, I'm a mystic," and, and you know, be quiet. Like they look like they're like, "I'm a mystic, and I'll curse you, or I'll just rip your head off." Right. And I like that that they're making the, this tribe feel a little tougher than it's normally given the uh, feeling of, I guess. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Like, there, and this is one of those things where I'm like, there's meat here that's really about like tribal reclamation of identity and of uh, of bearing and of tradition. And I like all of those things. I helped write a book about co concepts like that for Vampire, for The Vault, mm -hmm. called Descendants of the Three Sisters, just to plug that. But, like, <laughs> I get it. It just, it's, like, almost there, and it doesn't quite hit the mark. Sure. I have one more thing I want to ask. Sure. And th this could just be me, and this is completely not, this is, is about the physical book not because if you're using the second pr printing of it you might not have this image this problem um i've got a lot of bleed from one page to the other on my book oh that yeah. is not an issue in the reprint right but like because like i'm looking at the um the actual sheet at mm -hmm. the end of the book and it's actually been um echoed on the page to the other side and i've I had never noticed, but I mean, I had never really dived into the this book before, mm -hmm. so I don't know if it's just I have a weird book or if like the whole the whole lot of them were like that or what. So, yeah, there you go. yeah, that is an interesting question that I have no answer to. You have failed me. <laughs> I am sorry, Carrie. <laughs> um, I think I don't have any story hooks for this tribe, uh, mostly. I think 
there's some cool stories you could tell about veins erupting and things like that, or maybe even like tribal alliances. I don't know if I have it in me <laughs> to give like people hooks for this book because I feel like I feel like there's meat here, but I'd rather encourage people to like maybe not read this book, but if you get the collection or the revised book, read that and then build some stories off it. I don't know. That's my feeling right now. Anyway, the only thing I would tell people is just tread lightly. Mm -hmm. Be be self-aware, you know, like the tribe, be self-aware, you know, yeah. don't don't have a pack of this tribe and their little brother show up and, you know, do any of the things that are stereotypes. You know, that's not saying that you can't have PCs and NPCs embrace what they are. Sure. You just have to be respectful about it. Yeah, that's but absolutely that's a good point. Any culture, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing that I love about Werewolf is the willingness to examine culture and its layers. The th issues I have are these books don't do it as well as they need to. Yeah. So well, the problem is they dive in and then they stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would probably give this book... Uh, believe it or not, I actually give it uh, a higher rating than Bastet. I'd probably give it a. I don't even know what we should use as an appropriate um, marker. So, so there's no just there's a claw, just a claw. Right. <laughs> I will say six werewolf claws out of ten for me for this book because I actually, when I initially picked it up, thought it was going to be way worse than it is. And I think there, like I said, there's stuff here that could be good. It's just implementation. Um, I was going to give it seven claws, mm. but after last night when I found that horrible, horrible um, forced March comment, it drops it down to six. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Any concluding thoughts? On um, I want to write about experiments on Fomoris. Yes. And don't go to Russia. <laughs> and... Those two things could go together. It could. That's a story hook idea. It's so good. Mm. Um, <laughs> thank you all for listening to Werewolf the Podcast. I'm super happy to have Carrie here with me as a co-host. If you like what we're doing, please consider joining us on uh, Patreon at Werewolf the Podcast. Uh, is our Patreon backslash Werewolf the Podcast, something like that. You can find us. If you Google it, it will come up. Um, join us on our Discord, a dollar a month gets you access, and uh, there are some other cool rewards. So check it out. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions for us, reach out. Until um, next time. The music provided in this episode is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech Music. You can find his work by Googling Incompetech or Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. You can become a patron of Werewolf the Podcast via High Level Games at our Patreon at High Level Games. You can learn more about High Level Games at highlevelgames.ca or by Googling us. Thank you for listening.